0: It's, it's funny, when I read the Where Many Hats description, it's talk about your main gig and your side hustles. I don't really have a main gig and I don't really have any side hustles. <laughs> actually, My entire main gig is a bunch of side hustles.
1: Shot and this is where many hats presented by desire where we talk about your main gig, then we talk about your side hustle. Dino Sanchez is a designer working in objects, furniture, and spaces. He designs and builds out of a studio in Pennsylvania. I did not steal that from his website. But really, Dino does design beautiful pieces of furniture. The summit collection he recently put out, he says expresses a direct visual language and a shared. Vocabulary of components, which is the most beautiful sentence I've ever read in regards to someone making furniture in this day and age. I met Dina for the first time at the commercial type dessert party for commercial classics. He knows how to run a bar, and drinks were flowing. He basically ran the party with us, which was amazing. Dino loves our new collection with commercial type and to have his stamp of approval means a whole lot because Dino is an absolute legend. Dino is a designer from a senior designer, creative director, former executive design director at Droga 5 and partner over at commercial type. Please welcome Dino.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Rashad. <laughs> that's, a nice, uh, that's a nice introduction.
1: The thing is that I feel that me and you, we live like an alternative universe. Like we are kind of similar right now. It's like we did a whole switcheroo. You currently live in Delaware County or like in Pennsylvania. And I live in Brooklyn, but I'm from Pennsylvania and Delaware County and Philadelphia or whatever. But
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, I had a, a fairly long stint in New York long enough to not know exactly how long it was mm-hmm. maybe 17 years wow Maybe eighteen years something like that but you know I was a kid when I first moved there and then you know life you know changed got married had yeah. kids moved out to Brooklyn because <laughs> that's what you do and then uh well you got
1: married before you moved to Brooklyn
0: yeah no yeah. way so the first half of my uh, time in New York, I lived in Chelsea oh, amazing. Uh, for Chelsea. the longest time above the rawhide, which I'm dating myself. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was a pretty iconic uh, gay bar in Chelsea that unfortunately, like a lot of things there are no longer. Um, yeah. Almost. Catan. Uh, like yeah, I think yeah. I walked by there right before the shutdown and it was it was almost a parody of what it was originally kind of mm. it was like a snm type good shop which was really unfortunate but yeah i lived there for half my time and then got married and then moved out to to brooklyn had kids and then realized that it was time to go so being out in pennsylvania for a year and a half
1: which is amazing have you seen anything probably I have already seen but like you know like this is probably all new to you being up in Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah you know the the thing that I didn't realize about you know this area and my wife's from Philadelphia which is the reason why you know I think we we came out here and I'm originally from Northern Virginia DC Mm -hmm. area so it's just a lot closer to everybody um, than it was in New York but I didn't realize how close to nature you are in Delaware Mm -hmm. County um so yeah a lot of it and it's it's something that you know in my old age (laughs) I've actually come closer to yeah Um, so I I pretty much every day I'm I'm out in nature some somehow it's
1: amazing it's amazing and oh my god I have seen all your stories and all your posts of you know being out in nature and you know I look at you as like a city guy actually you know what going all the way back you know, yeah. when I first met you, I was like, who is this guy? You know, I was like picturing my head, leather jacket, pulls up in a cherry 1966, you know, Chevy Chevelle, you know, you're like, you're a cool looking guy and you're like, that what happened? I don't think, <laughs> you, you, you know, you, you know, at the, at, the, at the party, you're like a, you know, a super fun guy. And like, I don't know, man. You know, like um, the last time I like met you or the last time I saw you was at the new lab party down at the oh, yeah.
2: Navy Yard. Oh,
1: yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy. You know, after that we went to the, like we went to Pioneer Works and then-
0: That me- was a trip. That, that was a trip. That was I a trip. There was a, guy, there was a guy passed out on the floor cause it was a sleepover. <laughs> That's the whole thing, right? Oh, it, was, yeah. um, it was a sleepover at Pioneer Works. Uh, and by the time we got in there, it was probably late evening, early morning, and there was a guy in a sleeping bag just passed out. Yo, he
1: he really did. Of-
0: you were very shocked.
1: I was. I was like, what? And then me, me, and Christian Swartz from you know episode two of the podcast, we went to Three Diamond Door, which is a bar in Bushwick that goes all yeah. night, and then we ended up at Nowadays which is a club in Ridgewood till five in the morning you know yeah I'm pretty sure you've done this before do you have any like notable parties in New York City that
0: yeah of course I mean uh (laughs) you know without getting too far into it yeah um, you know I always say this when it's when it's time for me to go I'm not going to look back and have any regrets of course so you know New York is when you're younger in your 20s when we were there and you don't really have any responsibilities. And at the at the time, in my 20s, I didn't really have a full-time job. You know, oh, really? I was just uh, freelancing. Um, Christian and I, when we were first starting out in New York, living there, we would describe what we were doing to people, whether it was stuff that we were doing together or stuff apart, um, that we were seriously fucking around. Yeah. Um, you know, and <laughs> I think that's you know, and I did that until I was probably 30, you know, when when I decided that it was time to settle down and oh man pull it off. So oh, further- yo,
1: like this is this is what I mean. Like I turn 30 next month.
0: I know you gotta get it I'm all in. It. You gotta yeah. <laughs> put your mask on and get out there.
1: <laughs> Dude, that's, yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard some of the parties that Christian has mentioned and like you guys just used to bop around and I did not know that you also freelanced all throughout your 20s as well.
0: Yeah, you know, there was it was a mix of uh, freelancing, permalancing, um, not doing anything. <laughs> and I thought it was a really good time for me to understand, you know, all the different things that I was interested in. Uh, creatively um and a a lot of that was both curiosity and i think the other part of it was survival you know yeah of course Um, living in chelsea it's i don't even think my mortgage right now in pennsylvania is has reached what i was paying in chelsea for a 200 square foot apartment
1: that's insane
0: it's crazy Um, and you know we have a comfortable life here in 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 media pennsylvania Mm -hmm. so um so survival you you kind of you look for what you look for things to to get you paid and to Mm -hmm. get you to survive and then you know the curiosity is is almost uh that's that's the first thing I think in New York when you're younger and don't have any money is survival it's like how am I going to pay my rent and how am I going to eat how am I going to drink
1: yeah how am I going to
2: party,
0: party all night? How am I
1: going to party every day yeah. of the week? Yeah. And, still pay my and rent?
0: through that, it piques your curiosity if, I think, if you're looking at it that way. So, you know, towards where I am now, I think a lot of that that was happening in those years had a lot of influence on on what it is that I'm doing now, which is creatively all over the place, you know? Um, and you know, I found my rhythm and when I was 30, I buckled down and got a full-time job for the first time and, and then did that until where I'm at now, starting my own things at this point.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. This, like a lot of New Yorkers have been doing that, especially at this time, but I feel like throughout your twenties, once you know what you want to want to do and like stop freelancing and figure it all out I'm trying to say is how how did you know that you figured yourself out I mean like looking at you you have been an executive designer from all these like how did you how did you get into all that like you were an industrial designer to begin with
0: yep yeah you know I I always say this I think um, I've been pretty lucky and blessed from a young age to be exposed to the world of art and design
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, my parents you know my my friends always make fun of me for this but it always comes up in conversation but my parents are they're both architects oh. and uh, all their friends are architects illustrators artists designers interior designers um you know and they're i'm, I'm filipino they're from the philippines um, oh wow.
1: everyone thinks i'm filipino
0: yeah i know you you look (laughs) but that's eventually what people look like you know oh yeah i
1: know it's like every asian we just like when we get older we just we're like an instagram app that transforms into filipino
0: if you mix if you mix (laughs) any two races they just kind of look filipino (laughs)
1: so
0: uh and the nature of filipinos are to hang out constantly definitely so you know because of you know my parents hanging out with all of these creative people and, you know, karaoke until three in the morning. With <laughs> it gave my brother and I a lot of exposure to, to these people and kind of what they do. And then my mom and dad had their own practice and for a little bit. So that was kind of babysitting. We were just there at their office with doing our homework after school and nothing to do. And, you know, my brother eventually became an architect and I, became an industrial designer because i was able to find that and exposure to it and then encouragement that this thing of drawing and coloring all day is actually something that you could do professionally oh yeah is is pretty cool and i don't know if a lot of and i you know with my kids now i try to let them know that drawing can actually become a profession and i could sometimes be guilty of being a little bit too of the past generation where i'm like don't play video games all day but that could be- A thing.
2: A job, yeah. You know? Oh my you know, God, exactly. They
0: could become a professional, You know, I would have never guessed that YouTubers would be a thing and look at it. So mm-hmm. I think keeping your mind open to that. So yeah, that's a, that's a pretty long-winded answer of how I got into industrial design. And mm-hmm. I, I feel really lucky to have to been exposed to that and find that and know pretty much what it is that I wanted to do since I was 12. I knew that I wanted to do creative work. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do.
1: Yeah. Same with everyone, you know, including me and myself. What fueled the fire was when I was a kid. uh, One of my favorite classes was like art painting class in like fifth grade. And my teacher told me that I was like terrible at it, which like fueled the fire that made me want to like keep on doing it, which is interesting enough that the last time I took a painting class, was at Delaware County Community College,
0: which is right <laughs> on the street. <laughs> All of the, the street from my house,
1: <laughs> which is kind of insane. That's why I was just like, wow, he lives basically where I basically spent like three to four years at a two year college. And like, it was just unbelievable because like that's that place was where everything began, you know. My favorite class was a criminal justice class that uh-huh. my ex FBI agent, he was just like, and there goes Rashad coming in five minutes late from the parking lot. High as hell. Um, Uh-oh. where do you, uh, where do you want to sit today? I'm like, I'm going to sit in the middle. Actually, I'm going to sit in the back and he was just like, take your time. We're going to move on. And yeah, I aced yeah. that class. I aced that class. Like Delaware County basically shaped me to who I am of like what I wanted to do. And then when I took the painting class, I was like you know i think this could actually be a thing and then i went to temple and then that whole thing went went on and on but yeah delco um, delco all the way baby
0: yeah yeah definitely that is down the street from me down providence right (laughs) um yeah so it's funny painting and of all the creative things that i get into i'm awful at painting i'm terrible at it um Fine arts is not my it's not my thing. I think I think I would like to think I could be a fine artist, but I'm I'm pretty terrible at it.
1: I mean, so when you design all your furniture, build your furniture, do you you draw it out, right?
0: Yeah, I mean I I'm old school like that. Um, I draw I draw it out and then I did a little a little stint in advertising mm-hmm. and now with the brand work that we do we have to do a lot of copywriting mm-hmm. and the copywriting i i write down all on a piece of paper so everything is uh everything's drawn out and you know they're really bad sketches but it doesn't really matter
1: <laughs> no it doesn't everyone's think... sketches are pretty bad when you go to the moma but
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and also it's, it's this weird thing with industrial design too. And I've, I kind of reacted to it in a negative way where industrial designers, they tend to um, not to talk too much smack on them, but it all becomes about the sketch and not about the design. Wow. You know, so is my sketch, does my sketch look good? There is one, and if you're out there listening to me now, you'll know <laughs> who you are. Uh, when I was interning, maybe my junior year of college or something, sophomore year of college, I tried to get an internship at this design place in Chicago. Um, This might even been early days of right when I graduated. I lived in Chicago for a couple of years. Um, The owner of that company said that my sketching skills were terrible and that's why I didn't get the job. What? And when you go into their website, which again, I won't divulge (laughs) because it's just not cool. Um, But they do terrible work. Their designs are terrible. And that always, and it's not even subjective. I think that at a certain point you can be fairly objective about what looks good and what doesn't.
1: Oh, of course. Um, Say that all the time.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think design is actually a pretty objective profession. Contrary to, I think, what a lot of people think, you know, with all the constraints and and everything. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, and I, I, I took that to heart. And as I started to become more uh, in the position to influence the direction of designs later on in my career, or, you know, even when I was a director, not necessarily at the, uh, an executive level, mm-hmm. I always made sure to not care too much about the sketch you know um because as the it, end. in the end you know you need you need good design um and it doesn't need to be cleanly typed out on a in, in text editor or anything it just yeah. needs to be drawn, written out so it's all about the ideas you know it uh, is
1: all about the ideas yeah and with all your ideas comes to life with the summit collection that you just put out yeah. What basically got you into furniture is what I'm pretty much saying. Like, I, or have you been doing furniture all your life?
0: Uh, I've been doing furniture pretty much since I was in high school, maybe. Um, my parents are, you know, our house in, I'm from Falls Church, Virginia. It's like mm-hmm. pretty close to DC. And our house at, is pretty modest comparatively to all the thing that's things that have been happening in that in Northern Virginia kind of building up and going kind of crazy
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um it's a modest house but they did everything in it you know my dad designed everything in it my mom oh that's amazing you know they 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 decorated and and designed and did everything inside of the house so you know, again, that's another thing that when I was a kid, my brother and I would, as we got a little older, would chip in on and help help them, you know, we uh, demo things and build things and mess up and they would let us try stuff out on the house, you know,
1: that's great, it's pretty
0: cool. Um, so I think at an early age, this idea of, of being industrious and, and building things was really set in. Um, by all of that, and then when I went to college, you know, I went initially for both graphic design and industrial design, and then um, did that for a while, and then eventually they I, I narrowed it into industrial design, and then as part of that course, there was a furniture design uh, class mm-hmm. that you can kind of take. And I got into furniture more formally at that point and just really fell in love with it. And then right after school, I mentioned that I went to Chicago for two years, mainly because I was just sitting around the house and I didn't have a job after we graduated. And my brother said, I got a job in Chicago at a pretty prestigious architecture firm. Wow. he said, do you want to come with me? And I said, sure. And then I got this apprenticeship making $4 an hour. Wow. as a a furniture apprentice and I did that for about a year just no money but all I did was just um, do grunt work I would just sit there and like cut wood and sand wood and I never built a full piece of furniture he never let me build a full piece of furniture it was a little karate kid like that (laughs) so after that after about a year of that I just I was really into it and yeah so probably since I was 18 years old uh, more formally Mm -hmm. and then yeah it's it's funny now people ask uh, furniture became a thing like 10 years ago everybody in Brooklyn was grew a beard and built furniture and And then still going and it's still
1: going yeah it's it's like I can't grow any facial hair so
0: (laughs) I I can't um do that part of it but I get asked all the time. is, how, how do you like anything? It's I've just been doing this since I was 18 years old, you know, I've just been making building stuff in a shop for that long. And I'm still not that I still don't think I'm up to par by any means with some of the people that are making stuff. No, I mean, it's, it's a trade and you gotta just, it's hours in equals better stuff, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, design is separate from that Um, but the actual fidelity and and quality of the furniture is it's it's hours in that's all there's no way around it you know
1: and you do all that right now currently at your studio
0: yeah yeah so i i build all of that stuff a lot of that furniture is mainly because again lack of money drives you to be more creative i think of course when i was You know, in New York, and even now when we're renovating our home, you don't have, we don't have infinite amount of money. So it's, it's always been more economical to make my own stuff. Definitely. I wanted things that are, I want things that are specific to, you know, our taste, my wife and my Mm taste, and also can be built at a price that, you know, we like with the quality of it. So the only way to do that is is to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully you know what you're doing, so <laughs> you know, so you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. when they did on something or
1: yeah, no, know. and it's funny that you also mentioned with your wife's taste as well because I just moved into my own apartment in Bedstuy, and you saw that I my first big purchase for the apartment by living by myself is um four pre-owned U.S.M. haulers in black. Yeah. But you when you saw that, you were like, your wife
0: would not. No, <laughs> no, 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 that would not fly. That, that's what makes it interesting mm-hmm. is we're, that's why I like design and like, you have clients and they, they push you. Sometimes in places that you don't want to go, and sometimes, you know there are seemingly places you don't want to go, and then you realize that's actually not that bad to go there. So, my wife and I have similar tastes in terms of what's good, but it's not always exactly the same aesthetic. So working together on this, on our place here in Pennsylvania, it's a, it's a back and forth thing.
1: The house looks beautiful, by the way, of all the photos that you've been posting. I feel like you could get your, I mean, I don't know if this would ever be your thing of getting your the two homes or spaces that you have would be like mm. on like Apartmental. Or clever. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. You know, maybe uh, (laughs) the
1: whole thing right now. By the way, everyone getting their uh, their spaces like on on these websites.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be cool. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That's not the end
1: goal. That's not the end game for you. It's more primarily just, you know, to reamp your, your house. But at the same time, when I look at your house, I was like, this is Dino and Dino's wife's taste. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No, I mean it's it's good. And it's also been um it's it's funny when I read the Wear Many Hats description. It's talk about your main gig and your side hustles. I don't really have a main gig and I don't really have any side hustles. <laughs> actually, the, my entire main gig is a bunch of side hustles. You know? Yeah. So this renovating our homes has always been a has always been part of it. Furniture has always been a part of my life. I've had that business for a long time now. Ever since I started working full time, I had that furniture business mainly out of frustration of just it was when I first got my full time job. Mm-hmm. It was great because it would it exposed me to a lot of different places. I worked at a company called Frog Design. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're messing around for most of your life in New York, and then you have a full-time job, the responsibilities of it get kind of frustrating. Of course. So I started that furniture company out of a desire to, I needed a place to park, uh, creativity without, um, anybody telling me what to do. So that's always been a nice outlet and then it kind of grew as you know we got our um, little cottage out in the beach and then you know it it went from furniture into spaces Um, and yeah now it's now I'm now I'm actually doing spaces for clients so wow um, look at that yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah, did that happen
1: after you, did you just like put that in the universe after you just like showed your new space and like all, all these clients started coming out?
0: Well, uh, right after I left Frog, I went to a company called Avrico. And they're, oh. um, they're a pretty well-established hospitality design studio. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought me over to help build their brand team. Um, and, you know, they... They did a bunch of restaurants in new york god bless all those restaurants right now um but uh right it exposed me quite a bit to to that world and i guess through through that experience um and being you know responsible it, you know new york is a small world even if it seems big Everybody oh, kind of knows everybody so recently i guess my name came up for a project Upstate New York and Woodstock, for uh, to design these bakeries, um, and uh, a good friend of mine is tied in with these people up there, and asked me if I'd be interested in it. You know, I, I started to design these um, spaces, and I think they I think they had seen my website and my furniture, so all of that translated into into this aesthetic that Mm -hmm. they quite like. So we're designing, um, two bakeries upstate ground up. I mean, we're doing the exterior and interior and pretty much everything. So I'm in the middle of doing that. And then I'm doing a residential project right now, Eastern shore, Maryland. So that, uh, that just started. So that'll be pretty cool. And the, the property is amazing. So it's, it's nice to be able to design something out there. Mm -hmm. So all of that, all of that balances a lot of the brand brand work that I've been doing too. So
1: finally made it. That's awesome. That's great. You're doing Yeah, this. it's
0: weird. I don't it's it's uh it's funny because Adobe platform, it's all the same uh software, but it's these completely different uh outputs. <laughs> yeah, I'm so,
1: very familiar with it right now. That's
0: yeah, awesome. so Illustrator has some of the brand work that we've been doing and then also some of this um architectural stuff that I've been doing as kind of, one of my side hustle. so I guess but it's not really a side hustle anymore it's like a pretty it's
1: like the main thing
0: it's a it's side a, hustle it's
1: one of the
2: main, main thing it's awesome
0: I yeah my main thing is a bunch of side hustles yeah <laughs> of which uh yeah I just have to you know and it it's it's not it's not hard for me I can't say it's easy it's not hard for me because this is all I want to do I'm pretty terrible at everything else. Like if I leave- <laughs> I don't think so. I, I've, again, I feel very blessed to have found what it is that I have aligned my desires with, I guess, what I'm naturally good at. Yeah. I think that oftentimes can misalign for people. For sure. Um, you know, some people fancy themselves a rock star and they're just not that great at it, I guess. <laughs> I, amazing <laughs> i i if i wasn't doing this kind of like a rock star by the way i would be terrible <laughs> Rashad, every... really i leave i leave my house and i get lost instantly when i lived in um new york i would get lost constantly and new york's a grid, of course especially Manhattan. Mm-hmm. i would i would walk up eighth avenue i was on 21st and 8th and i walk up 8th avenue i would get lost in my own neighborhood so i'm really i'm awful at everything else besides design which i think i'm pretty good at
1: <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing and i don't know how you could get lost in chelsea and but
0: i got lost yeah
1: <sighs> damn i used to work in chelsea but i'm glad i'm out of that because like the there's just no good food spots and there's dog shit everywhere, but the galleries are like stopped. yeah yeah. But dude, that's that's incredible. I mean, the bakeries. I really can't wait to see this like happening. What's what's interesting about bakeries is that one of the first Tasar lookbooks that we ever shot was at Peter Pan Donuts out in Greenpoint, and yeah. it was amazing. It was like very incognito, but we got all the right shots. Um, and then we also shot at Nights and Weekends which was a restaurant that was also in Greenpoint and we incognitoed that as well. And so shooting in spaces like that, and uh, I can picture it now, like the things that you would do. To yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm those. Pretty excited about it. And my partner and I that are working on that now are, you know, we're, we're, we're super stoked about it. Um, we did a, they, so they have to close one of the bakeries for while it's under construction mm-hmm. and they, didn't want to be shut down completely just because this is, this is a, as, as we all know, this is a pretty awful time for, for bars, restaurants and hospitality in
2: general. It is.
0: I can go on and on and on about it, but you know, whoever's listening help every single restaurant and bar you can. Um, Definitely. Please do it. So what they, what they did is they wanted to open up a temporary space. So Mm. we designed a little, uh, Charette project for them did a little charrette project for them of these containers these two black shipping containers oh nice that uh will temporarily hold their bakery and cafe so we designed that and that should be going up earlier uh around february or march and then the bakery the first one which is this huge again like ground up uh endeavor goes up hopefully in may or june in Hopefully, by that time, knock on wood, we're all going to be able to sit next to each other again. So, that would be amazing. That would be
1: amazing. And we'll definitely take the trip up
0: there. I know to upstate New York.
1: Because currently, right now, everyone is doing it. Everyone's been going upstate. Everyone's been doing the whole nature thing. You know, like we all have. And, you know, going all the way back, you know, you're always in nature and you're, probably getting lost as well but at the same yes. time you're, you're all like you know you're like leonardo dicaprio right now in the covenant you're like you're <laughs> a nature man over here you know i, I love it i like i see you, you're you out there i'm just are you sure you're not, oh, I'm not
0: beard. <laughs> i can't grow a beard i wish i could it's it's it'll take me uh i think i've tried to grow my mustache for a month
2: uh-huh.
0: and just i ask people i say what do you think about the mustache and it takes a little while <laughs> find it yeah it's pretty bad so yeah must have, facial hair and everything else besides design I'm bad at
1: you know everyone here in Brooklyn and the city they have been making their own furniture as well obviously was staying at home I yeah. was building I built my first shelf when I lived at my old apartment for my guitar amp and my record player which is which was awesome and like lacquered it and like painted or whatever and then I don't know when I moved into my new spot, I just, just saw, decided to just like go and support my friends like furniture shops, buying all of these like, old vintage furnitures that like that I like. Do you have like a favorite designer, furniture designer? Oh, yeah. Like,
0: oh, interesting.
1: Like rest in peace Enzo Mari. Like, like I, I've been going to the Naguchi Nogu- Museum. Like
0: Oh my God, it's amazing. It's left, left and right, right yeah. Music. Yeah, you know, furniture, I think that there's, there's stuff that I really, really like, but would probably never buy. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I've often, one, it's like, I got to keep up the perception that I'm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's all about
0: me. I'm the one doing all of this. This is my, this is all me. (laughs) You can't, you can't can't go out and be like, oh, I I designed everything. And then people come over to your house and it's just the DWR catalog. (laughs) I can't roll in like that. So, but. A couple of my mentors, I really love their work. This woman, Aisha Bursell and BB Sec. I freelanced with them when I was in my twenties, and they were really the ones that showed me what the subtleties of good design can be—just mm-hmm. how beautiful one line can be. So, I really like their work. Um, they did a lot of work for a lot of the Italian companies and. Mm-hmm. They did some stuff for Moroso that is just mind-boggling. It's just something that I would never think of. And when they, when they released it a few years ago now, it um, just blew my mind. Um, you know, the, the Boralex, I really like their work and artwork. I think I like their artwork more than I like their um, furniture at this point. I yeah. um, have a couple of the older brothers pieces. Konstantin Gerchik, Really like his stuff, you know. There's the local, the local place here, Lostine. Um, they're in Philly. Really like his stuff. Yeah, and and the the stuff that's very, I guess, native to this part of the world, Pennsylvania, which is one of the things that I really ro- like about it. Here is, you know, the Amish and uh, type furniture. Oh, you do. It, it's really cool. Yeah, uh, the real stuff, not like, not the not like. Uh, Going to Amish, whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, it, it, there's when it says like Amish furniture outside yeah. of the store or yeah, on the yeah, website, yeah. you got to watch out. But the real, <laughs> the real Amish stuff is is awesome. Yeah, it's a little, it's a, little, it kind of has those Shaker vibes. Um, you know, obviously Shaker furniture. I think that's who doesn't like not like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, you know, again, Donald Judd stuff, but you know, of course I don't really want to own any Donald Judd stuff. It looks very uncomfortable.
1: Oh yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean Christian <laughs> went to the Judd exhibit at the MoMA And when I sat on the chairs, I was like, wow, this is this is very uncomfortable. And like that also reminds me of like Tom Sachs. You know, he put out his um, furniture line last week. Yeah. And they just all look uncomfortable, you know.
0: Yeah, I don't really have five thousand dollars to buy a piece of furniture to just look at and exactly. not use exactly know? and then also, my kids will good at destroying things so <laughs> but but it does but that's look what like
1: something for kids though at the same time that's the thing
0: yeah yeah, yeah. it's 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 funny because the kids are supposed to make forts out of everything yeah, you know exactly. that's what you do when you're a kid Yeah. for the longest time i think i was a little too precious about everything and now you know I think the one design piece that we have in our house is um we have an Eames coffee table the molded plywood one amazing and it's probably 15 years old now and I think my son uses it as a turnbuckle for wrestling sometimes (laughs) so but it's still it still holds up and it looks better now that it's beat up
1: yeah that's the thing everything all pieces look better when they're beat up. I mean, but the problem is that, you know, they unfortunately like go down in value. So I recently purchased a real Noguchi table from DWR, but it was also like, like, I like it. I love it. But the, the problem is that, you know, I'm going to beat this up.
0: You know? Yeah. 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 The glass one with the two. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. You've really, uh, you've really gone, gone for it.
1: I I turned my I turned my apartment into an art museum. I I was always you know I actually did go into architecture for just like a semester, but I yeah. I couldn't do it anymore because I was just yeah. like I was like no I can't spend like the rest of my life in architecture school. But you know <laughs> I, I like I I my you could have
0: just taken the back alley like I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Basically, my, parents and my brother are probably
0: really pissed off at me.
1: Basically, and you know I I. All the spots that I live in New York, all the spots that I lived in Philly, the I've the only thing I carried with me was my my IKEA desk that yeah. I had in my old studio back in Philly, and um, the chair that I had was was a null a pollock chair like executive okay. rolling chair, yeah, and very like vintage, and I've had it for quite some time. But those were the only pieces that I carried with me, not even a bed. Um, so now that I've like settled. I just feel really weird about owning all this furniture and like turning my house into like, like an art museum at the same time. Like, it's just like all this money I've saved and I've just like, wanted to keep saving and saving, and saving. And now I'm just like, all right, fuck it. What like, yeah, let's, let's turn this whole thing. But now I'm like trying to go back to my old roots of like being a nomad. And so, cause I don't want to carry all this stuff with me when I move. I know I'm not going to be living in Brooklyn for the rest of my life. So that's why I'm like, okay, I'm glad that this is all pre owned. This is nice to look at, but I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna like get this all out. Um, Yeah, I I really went with it with the Noguchi Noguchi table, but it's a beautiful,
0: it's a great piece. I love it. I love it.
1: It's a, it's a, yeah. And I've been spending way too much time at the Noguchi Museum and it's just, I'm going to Art Omi next week and, you know, Storm King and, and all the other places. This year has completely, you know, brought, the things that i wanted to do for so long out of me but yeah, now come to, next year i'm pre, i'm gonna go back to the way i was
0: That's yeah like, people they're always everybody's thinking new normal and then i think everything goes back and then we just go <laughs> crazy again
1: exactly exactly
0: i <laughs> think uh, yeah <laughs> people are just so, going to go
1: nuts. like being in Delco has have you learned anything I'm from Delco I, and when and when I lived in Delco people said that I had the Philly accent whatever the Delco mm-hmm. accent and Delco has been on Comedy Central as like a series of like how funny people are do you see anything unusual of Delco or like can you perfect the Delco accent cuz me water water I, the only thing I remember is water ice that was like the thing I used to eat all the time and I'm just saying that like Being in this, I mean, it's not that different from Virginia, I guess you could say. But you know,
0: well, the suburbs are the suburbs. I think no matter where you are, especially along the eastern seaboard here. (laughs) Um, In fact, media looks a lot like Falls Church. It reminds me a lot of where I grew up. I think that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. In terms of the accents, you know, the it's not just the accents, Rashad. It's what (laughs) you guys call things. You know, when you, look at, when you look at what people in the Philadelphia area call things, Yeah, it's a red dot. And then the rest of the country is this massive other color. So really is. like uh, Jimmy's. No one, Jimmy's. Hoagie. No one calls it Jimmy's. <laughs> except for, I think, maybe someplace in Michigan. Yeah. And then, you know, the other one is it's not... Um, so, Mary, Mary, Mary. So, marry me, Merry Christmas, Mary the name. Uh huh. I don't know how it happened, but no one seems to hear it around here. But they say Murray Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: Mer, like, mer- that might be a. <laughs> but it's weird. It's like you can't have Merry Christmas, marry me, and Mary the name all sound exactly the no, same. No, you can't. <laughs> It's gotta be different. Hoagies, is the other thing, and there's a bunch of other stuff that you know. It, it's it's what things are called, and of course, it's it's not it's not crazy. I mean, everybody knows that what sprinkles are. It's not like anybody's <laughs> giving you a hard time. We call them sprinkles, but no. Uh, but the accent I've noticed, my wife doesn't have a Philly accent. She she neither does her anyone really in her immediate family Mm -hmm. Uh, um, but uh, the the Delco accent I've noticed it's a little more little bit nasally more (laughs) (laughs) nasal. like it comes from the it comes (laughs) from like the back of the throat (laughs) nose area damn yeah so that that that's the thing I've noticed and then you know you know you guys love your you love your eagles and your 76ers and your flyers all the way
1: i we do we do i I love my i i
0: I hate them all
1: so i love all my philly sports oh my god oh my god that's the
0: you know the thing is is it's funny because as a creative person it's it's never cool to be in the sports i feel and that's unfortunate that that stigma has happened because i'm really into sports you know i grew up playing sports um for for a while and then
1: yeah but to talk talk about it in a design agency everyone looks at you (laughs) super
2: weird
0: yeah it's really bad because you could learn a lot from sports in terms of creativity in terms of you know the the strategy behind anything but no i the the one thing i will say about philadelphia area and their sports as much as i don't like the teams is that there isn't a better fan base than here i mean every single right. person here just loves loves right. loves all their teams and you can't you can't knock them for it no. i think for a while i was very annoyed by it but but you know as i've been living out here for almost two years now you know, it, you, you could, you could see the passion behind it. Win or lose, you know, and then I Win listen lose. to all the sports radio stations when I'm driving around and all the callers that call in, man, it's so entertaining. <laughs> it's so entertaining. People get so upset. It ruins their week. Oh yeah,
1: it ruins their <laughs> lives. I know. It's, have you ever been into a Philly home? Oh, my yeah, God. no,
0: I've, I've gone to the link with my, um, I'll be PC about it with my Washington football team gear on you know it, it hasn't been the best uh re- reactions to that yeah. you know i don't get the best people aren't jumping out of their seats to greet me no they're they're jumping out of their seats to say something inappropriate and inaccurate about uh a bunch of different things about <laughs> me but you know it, <laughs> wow. again as long as i've never been i think i think they get a bad rap i've never been attacked or anything and I think it's just, and when I was in New York, I'd go to Giants games with all my stuff on, and I got similar stuff. Oh, of course, it's just the nature of sports. Definitely. So, uh, I do think Philadelphians get a bad rap, but they're just passionate. That's all it is.
1: They really are. They really are. And you also are, you know, part of like you have a space out in Jersey, which I basically grew up in Jersey by going to the Jersey Shore all the time. Yeah. Like Ocean City, Wildwood, you know, people here, they've never been. It's kind of wild because there's.
0: Yeah, you know, the, crashy, mom, she me, but you know, the. My uh, wife. She told me about the Jersey Shore. And I was obviously very skeptical because you know, <laughs> the TV show didn't. didn't I mean, get maybe, it, it. Maybe, it, maybe it maybe made people want to go down there. But for me, I was kind of <laughs> terrified about it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think when we were going and you know um every year especially when we had the kids mm-hmm. we'd go to ocean city and avalon and um stone harbor and then when she showed me uh, cape may i just i fell in love with it yeah i i haven't i hadn't seen anything like that on the Jersey Shore and it is a different town along mm-hmm. the Jersey Shore and it's funny because
1: different from Avalon and
0: yeah the the New Yorkers yeah. seem to skip over all the Jersey Shore past you know the New York shore points mm-hmm. and go right to Cape May it's weird um but yeah we when we were living in New York we were constantly looking at places to own in New York City and I mean that wasn't happening uh <laughs> Still not, but (laughs) I think we we thought, okay, well, let's uh let's get something for ourselves out at the beach Mm because you know it's good investment as long as it doesn't flood and you know. Um so we bought a place in Cape May um uh about six years ago, seven years ago. And it's a tiny little cottage, and uh we pretty much gut renovated the entire thing um and it's been a it's been a labor of love I fell through the ceiling you know I really like wait what I I really when when you say blood sweat and tears oh wow into a place and oh yeah I was in the attic trying to look for some electrical thing to because I needed to move an outlet or something uh uh-huh. and I just wasn't thinking And went between the studs and came right through the ceiling onto the floor and my kids were watching tv and i fell on the floor on my back and tell me
1: into the room where your kids are watching tv
0: into the room Uh, so the the living room is opens to the kitchen i Uh fell through the ceiling into the kitchen about nine feet down what but thankfully I fell onto my back, but thankfully my arm was stuck, so I didn't <laughs> like, I didn't exactly crash. But yeah. then I d- demolished my shoulder, and so this is the thing. Here's the lesson here, and if you're gonna take on these types of projects,
2: uh-huh.
0: you have to be okay. I think with 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 this, of course, like hurting Again. yourself. Severely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: wow scars to prove
0: yeah they don't tell you that on youtube
1: (laughs) definitely not
0: definitely not
1: so wait you are also part of commercial type what yeah you roll over there
0: yeah so um that's still that's so fresh and new it is we had a commercial studio started about a year and a half ago as an offshoot Mm -hmm. commercial type um and you know it's hard to navigate a business starting a business in general definitely um pepper in a a a dumping of pandemic and a economy crushing result and it makes it even more interesting so you know it's hard to really talk about that right now because everything's just so fresh Mm -hmm, yeah But, um, you know, I will say that it's exciting to think about what can be done. Um, And I I was, when I think about type design and I think about, you know, type design is interesting because a lot of people want type for free.
2: Oh, of course,
1: I know.
0: And unfortunately, there's a lot of free typefaces out there. Yeah. Um, And that's. That's not good
1: no it's not we talked about this all in episode two which yeah it's
0: not good and i i relate a lot to it because of you know what my career and as an industrial designer and you know constantly being pushed and questioned as to the relevance of it and why isn't this stuff for free and then yeah i I don't know where type design is going to go um i think it's always going to stick around pretty much how industrial design has stuck around yeah um because you know again these are whether people think of it that way or not they're they're so utilitarian you know they are when you have utility it it, they're they're harder things to remove you know um like we're constantly trying to get rid of Facebook, but that's, a, it's Facebook's kind of like having gas or electricity at this point. I'm not on Facebook, but for the most part I'm on Instagram, so I'm kind of with Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a utility. And once you, once you get that utility status, it's hard to remove. Because industrial design, it was, it was the same thing. Uh, it's 3D printing became more popular. Everybody thought it was new, but really 3D printing has been around for a while. And there was always that model of now, that now with 3D printing, when something breaks in your house, you just 3D print it. <laughs> and that is, and that was every use case scenario for every 3D printer out there. Yeah. And kind of this No one wants to do that. No. Because the uh-huh. desire needs to be there. And I think the same thing is with type design, you know, I, the, that, the desire to do these things is, is the key, you know? Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at and what I'm excited to, to, to think about with those guys and, and, you know, do that. So again, that all that is to be figured out in the new year. Um, but- I'm glad.
1: And I know that you guys will definitely, oh, I hate saying this word, thrive in 2021 of you know of just like you know there's big things happening for all yeah
0: for sure and i i mean i'm very interested and excited and to see it i mean obviously those guys have been doing a stellar job for for the past decade if not more yeah um they're seemingly not just because you know christian's a really good friend of mine and my wife works for them Mm -hmm. uh, but i have a lot of respect for 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 them it's it's really hard to, knowing firsthand now, it's really hard to have, start a business and oh. let alone one that's been around for as long as they have. So, you know, much respect to them. And, you know, I'm, I'm again, very blessed that they're even interested in asking me to see, you know, how I can help them out. That's, that's pretty cool. So I, I, I think that'll that'll be fun.
1: Furniture, commercial type, something in the works, something. Magically. Yeah, yeah. Type, Who knows?
0: type designers are type designers are special. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, it's not like it's not like the letters change. No. <laughs> you know. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> the, there's no new numbers, you know. So uh, <laughs> I I it, it takes a special ability and, and and focus to do that. And I have a lot of respect for type designers
1: amazing because
0: my the way that my brain works i wouldn't be able to finish the alphabet
1: <laughs> and we have a lot of respect for you as well do you know you know like i wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for type in some yeah they perform so here we are here we are do you know how we end the podcast is that if you were to get a chest tattoo quote in old english what would your phrase be <laughs> The worst typeface in the game.
0: Since you told me about this podcast, Rashad, that has pretty much kept me up at night thinking about <laughs> what I would do. Because I like I said to you, I don't have any tattoos and I don't have any piercings.
1: Right now. It's so an only chance.
0: I, I'm I'm terrible at this and everybody could make fun of me, but I don't know, maybe <laughs> it would just have to be. In, in old English and in pure form, I would just have to have my kids' names across <laughs> my chest with very terrible uh, uh, tattoo drawing uh, portraits of them with in the <laughs> prayer pose. I mean, I would just have to, like, really go for it. Oh, you're going so, all in. So my you're daughter, like, no quote.
1: And- we're going to do quotes, kids' names. <laughs> And a full body.
0: My daughter and my son as babies, <laughs> with prayer pose hands, with their names in old English, just across my chest.
1: Wow! All in one setting. It's like <laughs> it's gonna today, hurt.
0: Maybe a sunrise behind <laughs> them, with clouds. I mean, you just have to go for it. And then all works. When I get to the Jersey Shore, it would all make sense. It It would all, makes, it all comes, comes
1: together. <laughs> yeah
0: and a nice
1: bundle it all comes together dino right it all here.
0: comes together rashad
1: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah thank you dino so much for being on the podcast it was great to have you
0: yeah thanks for having me oh my god yeah
1: Till next time this is wear many hats with your host rashad presented by dasar we out